2: Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
3: How's it feel to win this Super Bowl in the building that your brother
0: built?
4: You know, it just feels good to win a Super Bowl. It doesn't matter where you are or uh, what stadium. Indianapolis has been a great, a great host for the Super Bowl. But, uh, you know, I feel it's great for my teammates, my coaches, the Giants organization, uh, for all the dedication they put in this year to make this happen. Breaking news. Oh, my goodness. We have a whole podcast coming to you in a a couple minutes, but we needed to come up here. Dan us along with Greg Rosenthal and Mark Sessler, to discuss Eli Manning, who was benched by the New York Giants and became official on Tuesday afternoon. Geno Smith will start on Sunday against the Oakland Raiders. Ben McAdoo, in a statement, uh, said, Geno will start this week. Over the last five games, we will take a look at Geno, and we will also give... Davis Webb, the rookie third-round pick, an opportunity. Mark Sessler, we'll start with you. Let's unpack this. A real stunner for a Giants team, Eli Manning. Yes, that was his second Super Bowl win that we talked about off the, or we heard it on the top. Uh, and also, this team has been lost at sea, but Eli's always been the rock of this franchise, and all of a sudden, he's, he's gone. I don't know how you
5: scapegoat Eli Manning for what has been an absolutely disastrous season for the Giants, My one reaction is this is a terrible look for the franchise. This news broke about, what, 45 minutes ago? And you already see that the reaction is viciously negative for the franchise. And I'm not – it's easy to pin it on Ben McAdoo, but Ben McAdoo is a dead man walking who was put out here to make this look like he is part of the process. I'm not sure who made this decision and where it came from, how high up, probably very high up. But the fact is, this is about next year. The Giants are essentially in tank mode, and Eli Manning has been scapegoated unfairly. He has, and yet, is he going to
6: play for the Giants next year? Ben McAdoo said this is not the end of Eli oh, please. with the Giants. How does he know? Right. He is likely not going to be there. My feel, and, you know, seems educated at this point, is that Eli Manning's not on the team next year. Is is Geno Smith going to be on the team next year? Maybe. Maybe he'll be in that mix. Is Davis Webb going to be on the team next year? Yeah, he'll be on the team. Whoever made this decision, I don't know if they wanted to make a statement, if they wanted to see what they, they truly wanted to get some evaluation on these guys before making a decision. Jerry Reese, the general manager, is in the statement. It, he has a quote in the statement so that right there is telegraphing that maybe he you know he's part of that decision making product a decision like this goes up to ownership whether it starts there or not who knows but Eli Manning has started 210 straight games the last quarterback to start for the giants that wasn't Eli Manning is Kurt Warner so it's crazy that's Kurt Warner to Eli Manning To Geno Smith, so any decision like that, you you would think is a permanent decision. That's like Eli is not part of our future. Let's start the future right now. We don't care about the brushback we're gonna get. It's
4: stunning for for someone from New York who has grown up. The Giants always make the right move, and especially um, when you're talking about the one of the truly special players in franchise history. Eli owns every passing record. The Giants. Of the Giants, he has the two Super Bowl MVPs. This is one of the saints of the organization, and that's why the reaction is so visceral right now. And the cynical side of me is saying, "Why are the Giants doing this?" Because Eli is not having a terrible year. He's he's surrounded by a beat up team. He has no one to throw to. The offensive line stinks. It's a it's a bad situation. So the cynical view for me is that the Giants they already won a game. They were surprised to win against the Chiefs. They are looking for a new quarterback, and they're taking Eli out of the mix and putting Geno Smith, which is another slap in the face. Having Geno being the guy, it's not even the kid that you're playing. You're putting in Geno, and then the kid's gonna play too. That the Giants want to go three and thirteen, they want to go two and fourteen, and if they make that decision, and this is where it would be really ugly, if they make that, if that's what they're thinking, they're looking ahead to the future of the franchise. That is so unfair to Manning and what he has meant to that franchise. He's been nothing but respectful to the organization his entire career. He's delivered. He plays every day. He plays hurt. And to just take the rug out from him. Let's listen to the, what Eli said in the locker room uh, with, the, with the reporters. And he's so emotional. And you, you, you could probably pick it up just by listening. Uh, but he's, he's on the verge of tears. So obviously, this is hitting him really hard. Let's listen in.
3: That's hard, <laughs> Hard, uh, hard, you
0: know, hard day to handle this, but uh, you know, I'll hang in there and figure it out. Do the yeah. the Giants, you uh, It's up there, yep. yep, Do you feel like you might have started your last game for the Giants? I don't know, I don't know, I'll uh, take one, one week at a time. Last one, oh, guys. Have you spoken to anyone besides Ben about decision, Jerry or John or anyone like that? I uh, spoke with Jerry Reese a little bit, and uh, 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 Mr. Mara, had, you know, he, he hadn't been in uh, today, and uh, but you know, he knows what's going on, and I'll uh, probably try to speak with him tomorrow sometime. I
4: appreciate it, Eli.
5: I think you have to listen to that, and then if you can go find it, it's on my timeline, it's all over the Twitter. You have to go watch the look on his face. It's the look of, he's about to break down. And I think, honestly, it reminds you, at this point, if you're Eli Manning in your career, of your mortality, that your career, just like your brother, you are a Manning, but you can be benched. Just like Brett Favre, your career can end with a benching. And I understand that they want to move on. And I think that, if anything, Eli Manning talked about the fact that he didn't want to ceremonially start these games. They they offered that. Right, they offered, we'll have you start to continue your streak, but then have, you know, Geno Smith... And Davis Webb come in and he said, no, I think that if anything, it's not that they've moved on from Eli, they have, but he is going to move on from them. This is a I, – I don't care about – Analyzing Geno Smith over the next five games, which you don't need to do right now, anyways. You literally do not, if you're the Giants, with an entirely fresh crew coming, likely. And Davis Webb, there's time for that. This is going to that will none of that will override how disgraceful of a move this is going to go down in New York sports history as an ugly, one of the uglier moments for the Giants. I really believe that. I, I think it'll be
6: mostly forgotten. Because all the... This Why is do how, you say that? Because this yeah, is mostly how... Mostly
5: forgotten? I
6: really do. Because this is how almost every... Tell me how it ended for Dan Fouts in
4: San Diego. Tell me how... That's
5: San Diego. This is right. New York City with the story Giants. I, he I won two Super Bowls well, for It, it ends I, Greg, ugly almost you on,
4: how many rings for Dan Fouts? Do you know the right. impact of winning a Super Bowl right. in New York? The impact of winning two, the impact of both being against the Patriots and Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. This guy is a legend. It, it'll you, it'll go down as an ugly end. Sometimes you don't see that, Greg, honestly. I feel like you downplay what Eli has meant no, to that he, franchise. He has meant and that's everything. That's why this is bigger than Dan Fouts.
6: Of course. It is a seismic moment, not just in New York, but in the NFL, to see kind of one of the Titans and just that he was there every week. And I think that's why it hurts him so much. He took pride in being there every week. It's an amazing achievement that he started that many games. What I guess I wanted to say was every end is ugly. And... This is going to be ugly. People are going to remember the good things about Eli Manning. Because if they didn't bench him, here's what would be remembered. Eli Manning was piloting a dead ship, and he's not a good quarterback now. I know he's having a better year than a year ago, but he was one of the worst three or four quarterbacks in the league a year ago. He's coming off a game where he averaged 2.5 yards per attempt. And I think that game is really important to remember. That was one of the worst games we've seen a quarterback play all season. And that was a game where you can't blame it on the offensive line or the running game, where Eli Manning was having... Having one of his worst performances. Now, maybe that's not fair. But that's but the thing people aren't going to remember. The, right. game, the game he but played two weeks ago that comes this, come this week, I'm saying that I think ownership and maybe the general manager looked at that and they said, What are we doing here? And that was part of the impetus. To to replace so they put
5: Geno Smith in. Well, Geno, what does that say? Like, what if you had, if you had Patrick Mahomes sitting behind right? Eli Manning, I think you'd have a completely different reaction. You know what? We we totally honor what Eli's done, but we do have the future sitting it's, behind him. You are putting Geno right. Smith
6: into the lineup. It's disrespectful to bench him at all, and that I get. And I don't think ultimately is it worth doing that. It's probably not. But we don't need to hear anything about tanking or about maybe it makes their team worse. They scored three points on offense last week. They are 31st in the league in points scored. They're not going to get worse on offense in particular. They could just stay equally as
4: terrible. Let's see how Davis Webb plays with this line (laughs) and these weapons on offense, if if you can even call them weapons. Uh, Yeah, it's... And I don't think his career is over either. I think it ends the chapter just like his brother. It ended, it ended in Indy, and it ended a little messy in Indy too. But he had a chance to rewrite or write a final chapter, and that's going to happen somewhere. Probably, I don't imagine he'll retire. It doesn't seem like that. I don't thing think he will. Happen. And maybe Jacksonville. A lot of people think is makes sense, but he will be. In the NFL, most likely just not with the Giants, and that is a huge story this season.
5: It could be the Jets. You never know. I, I think that we're all feeling emotional because we're watching someone that we've watched every Sunday for a 1,000 Sundays in a row play, a guy that we the first Super Bowl we went to, Dan, was Eli Manning knocking off the Patriots. We heard that sound clip at the top of this. And I, I simply like growing up listening to New York sports radio. This does feel like a big moment in New York to me, and I just can't get behind with the Giants, a team that you never—you can always count on them—to yeah. so, make pristine decisions. This feels sloppy, and it's unclear where it came from. It did not come from Ben McAdoo, so they're hiding where it came it, from, in my opinion.
4: This is a very strange time for the New York Giants, it, and it, we're seeing that right now. How this is being, how this is played out. Right. It
6: couldn't. It couldn't really be any uglier and it's a shame it's a shame that Eli Manning's run and the the Giants is ending that way I think I think this year has been ugly and unfortunate for him and his time they're really the last two years I know they went to the playoffs but I think you know last year he wasn't the same guy that we saw earlier
4: in his career all right so uh, that is the Eli Manning news uh we got a lot more to get to and Connie Fox is gonna join us so let's get to it the Tuesday show weird. NFL Podcast.
0: Hey, hey,
4: hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Welcome back, Scandalous! <laughs> to what? Another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast presented by Head and Shoulders. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler. Colleen Wolfe betrayed in a ah! big spot. And Greg Rosenthal. What's up, people?
2: I don't even know what to say at this point. I can say, m- Money already it's said it. has been said for you. Yeah. yeah.
4: Well, Consider did, it an
6: homage, like uh, Dan with his that's Chris true. Berman.
4: That's true, but did you file any trademark? It's,
2: it, yeah, I mean, that's...
4: Oh, then Money, who's got a lot of jobs. Money has a lot of money. Wait, you actually Whoa. went through the process of filing a trademark? I find that tough to believe. Well,
2: I, I yeah, no, I'm lying. But maybe I should.
4: Let's look into that. Yeah. Because think about it. Money... He works at NFL Network Mm -hmm. on camera talent. That's probably pretty good. The voice of the Chargers. Yeah, not bad at all. And he's also one of the most popular sports radio uh, talk guys in the second biggest market in America. He's the number one show. That's his number one.
2: So how does he have time to do any of anything? Any of like that's crazy. Add it
4: all up, lawyer up, Connie Fox. Okay. I mean, what's his nickname?
2: Money. I mean, the
5: guy has got financial gravitas.
2: <laughs> I <laughs> nice, love like nice
4: gravitas reference in a big spot.
5: I
2: love on like, the shows that he's on. Like the font actually says "money," Matt money, <laughs> right. said, and it's in quotes.
5: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now that's a guy that gave himself his own nickname. Dan, you can f- you. Ooh. There is there is hope for you. Is on that true? Front. I'm assuming that. I don't hope.
4: I feel like old Zeuser kind of took. Mm.
2: Huh. Well, yeah. you should start asking. There been others to put yeah. Dan yeah. Old Zeuser Hansis. <laughs> nah, that's all right. on the font.
4: Uh, this is the Tuesday edition of the Around the NFL podca- Podcast jam pack show. Uh, so let's get through what we're going to be talking about today. Monday Night Football, Ravens versus Texans, a game that will be remembered uh, for a long time. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, for the next 24 hours, there about. We uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. Also, ooh, this is a fun one. Volt on, get ready. Hot takes destroyed. Yeah! Whoa!
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God!
5: I love it. It's
6: destruction. So yeah, we'll get into that. That that was a hot take artist who just
4: went down. Yeah, burned, (laughs) burned alive. (laughs) Perhaps one in this own building. And um, yes, and at the end of the show, a special, special announcement regarding hashtag ATN cat. Oh
2: my God! Look at that little one.
4: Oh yeah, some hot cat talk. Cat talk. Yeah, for a little pussy cat talk. But before all right, that, all right. What? Let's do a little Monday night football recap. Wendell hanging up close <laughs> to the line. Tony Jefferson nothing. is deep for the oh, Ravens you a cat Savage all. throws across the middle. It's intercepted.
3: Anthony Levine at midfield,
4: and down. he'll take it down at the 42-yard line. And with two sixteen left to play, the Hayes in the barn. I like Hayes in the barn guy. (laughs) That's Sandusky uh, of the Ravens radio network. The Ravens forced three turnovers, uh, including two in the final five minutes of gameplay. Tom Savage, no match for this uh, savage
2: Baltimore
4: defense. A 23-16 win for the Ravens on Monday night. Uh, Ravens team that, by the way, let's give them a little credit as a, you know, a, a primetime juggernaut. I think they've won 10 in a row mm. with the lights on. Jim up. Harbaugh, yeah. Anyway, oh. so uh, the Ravens get a big win, 6-5. and five. They are in the AFC playoffs right now. Um, uh, uh, Greg, they took care of business. Not an overwhelming effort, but they did it again.
6: They They got it done. They're a strange team, and I've been saying they're the favorites to make the playoffs, and I won't back off that. And yet, I don't think you can just – lock them in. When you're struggling at home against this Texans team, when Tom Savage looks like the better quarterback for much of this game against your quarterback, that's a problem. And they don't really have a pass rush. So they're a good defense. I don't think they're a great defense. Like how good can you be as a team if you don't really have a passing game and you don't really have a pass rush? I know they got some pressure late in the game after a tackle for the Texans went out, uh, and you're playing one of the worst offensive lines. But it's a team with holes. It's just a team that kind of knows how to win these
5: ugly games. You talked about Baltimore versus Pittsburgh's defense on a previous show, how too many times you see a team roll right down the field against Baltimore. doesn't happen five times in a game, but it happens enough. And it happened early in this game with Savage looking good out of the gate with an opening drive. I mean, clearly the Texans have their own issues on offense. But for me, the – Jadavian Clowney in this game, DeAndre Hopkins. These were the stars of the game, and they couldn't pull out a win. If you're Baltimore, you are watching Joe Flacco's career crumble into dust. The, the centerpiece of their offense is Alex Collins right now. They have watching him miss on deep throws over and wow. over. This was a really rough showing it, on by again it was, by their offense. It's
2: really hard to watch.
4: John Gruden even was calling it out. Um, and yeah, Flacco doesn't look good. And he's known for that arm and at certain at a certain point it was just it was like kind of like a round peg square hole where he's just like chucking the ball down it's Like, field. hey I still have a strong yeah, I can yeah. throw it far is that good enough uh but there's just not there's just not a lot of juice to this offense but yeah I I think it's a very good defense do you don't think this is a, a dominant defense
2: well I, I think th- I think too like <laughs> during the broadcast you heard John Gruden I'm pretty sure he said that Sam Cook was like in, in not these words, but he was basically the offensive star of right. the night. Like he provided the right. biggest spark for that offense, and that's the punter. Like with that fake punt, are you kidding me? Right, I can't get behind this. They need at all. those
6: calls to win games. I think right when you have an offense this bad, you get your punter to pick up a big first down. You go for it on fourth down, which was a really key spot uh, in the second half, and they ran the ball, and they picked up the first down. You run the ball on third and eight and, and sometimes pick it up. There was a sequence when they were trying to hold on to the lead. Texans were very much in it where they had a third and two where Flacco threw the ball short of the sticks, punted away. They get the ball back. Their defense holds up. They have a third and ten where he throws a c- completion for a n- no gain. So they're just they're throwing one-yard passes instead of even trying to pick up first down. I don't, I don't think it's a great defense.
2: It's an the okay defense. Wait, to, the defense has good? so many penalties, it's too. That's the, that's the other thing. They need to clean that up. I think six of the seven uh, de- uh, penalties that the Ravens had were on the defense. To
5: Dan's point, though, I think it is. it has the earmarks of becoming a dominant defense because, as Gruden pointed out— it's a pass seen, rusher, though. They don't have any pass But they have a lot of—like Gruden pointed players. out, and I totally agree with him. You see it every week leading up to this. The second-year wave of players that they have, they've got a lot of young guys. That, and no teams in the AFC develops defensive players better than the Ravens. And, and we should move on, but
6: DeAndre Hopkins just deserves a little love. You mentioned oh, incredible, it, but yeah. he, he might be a first team all pro. I mean, he he destroyed Jimmy Smith's Pro Bowl campaign oh in one God. night. He destroyed Patrick Peterson uh, a week ago. The fact he's getting it done with Savage, who made some nice throws, also killed them with interceptions. That that was the difference. His turnovers, like Hopkins is just <laughs> taking it <laughs> to another Did level. Did you see
2: him walk into his press conference and no one was there and so he walked back out? Tom Savage. Yeah. yeah. Saying, yeah. <laughs> it's depressing.
4: Um, <laughs> He well, probably, th- probably lucked out with that, to be honest. <laughs>
2: Walked up, stood at the podium, and then was like, all right.
4: 12 Suggs, nine and a half sacks now, 35 years old. He is the other modern ma- marvel along with uh, Tom Brady. That guy can get to the quarterback. So it pays for like 15 sacks.
6: He, he can, I don't think, on a down-to-down basis. And that was on the third string tackle. And a couple of those last night, for instance, were just totally unblocked. He, he's a solid player. I think as a team, they would admit that th- that's like a weakness. There. And
4: they smell the ball. They have an NFL best 26 turnover. So an opportunistic yeah. defense. Uh, there you go. So the Ravens are now 6-5 and five and in good position in the AFC playoff picture. Uh, let's move on and do some news. Bam, bam, bam. In your face. <laughs> All right, let's start with a little um, suspension talk. We love suspension talk. Hopefully this one won't go to like four set 450 courts and a woman that's a judge will go to the Poconos for a couple of weeks and we don't have to deal with that kind of stuff. <laughs> that wasn't fun. Uh, but the Broncos uh, and Raiders got into that big brawl on Sunday that started when Michael Crabtree had his chain ripped off his uh, neck for the second time in, in as many years by Aqib Talib and the league announced that both players will be suspended two games uh, for their roles in that scuffle. Uh, Both players will appeal the suspensions according to Rap Sheet. Uh, The bans are a result of violations of unsportsmanlike conduct and necessary roughness rules during the game. It happened in the first quarter, and that's what surprises me, Connie Fox, is two games and maybe gets knocked down to one on appeal. That seems to happen a lot. Uh, but they already kind of missed an entire game because of this. Now you're taking them out of the the action uh, for potentially three, three full games. games. That's a little surprising.
2: That's a lot. I mean, th- the
4: sending a message, certainly.
2: Sure. And I, and I mean, as you're, as you're saying all that, um, we're watching the replay, the highlights, I guess you could say of the fight. And it, it's like, I can watch this over and over <laughs> and over again. And Great I know stuff. that's not what the NFL wants, but it was so ridiculous to watch this happen. And it's just you never know what the what the the NFL is going to hand down in terms of punishment well it just I, seems like... It's y- pretty
5: unprecedented. It's, yeah, yeah, it's unusual, A, to get ejected and then, to have a suspension follow. That doesn't often happen, but I think the word here is premeditated, and Dan mentioned it. He, Dan, you nailed this on, on Sunday <laughs> night when you felt that Michael Crabtree probably knew that something was up with his little necklace going into the game, and it clearly was. Premeditated actions like this is what the NFL does not want going into any contest, What gr-
4: What Mark is referring to is a report from... Adam Schefter of ESPN, I think we have the tweet, if we could uh, bring it up for the video show. Raiders wide receiver Michael Crabtree taped his chain to himself before Sunday's game, knowing he was facing the chain-snatching Broncos cornerback Akib <laughs> Talib, and Talib still got it. Yeah, that's what I was talking about on Sunday. He's like, he's staring at them and he's like, I'm going to wear the chain. And then he's like, maybe I won't wear the chain. But he's like, well, if I don't wear the chain, then he wins the battle before I even get on the field. So what I'll do is I'll tape the chain. So it was in his head. I don't think we gave you Maybe? enough credit for for your uh, crystal balling of that one. Yeah, and just think about it: Akeem Talib already wins. Akeem Talib already owns that chain because mm. Mike Crabtree is in the locker room staring at the mirror with like masking tape or, or gorilla glue, whatever he was using to keep that chain from like flashing in Talib's face, didn't work. How is Crabtree's mind on the game on any level? Talib is a wow. master tactician. Uh, of well, he, brain warfare. He is, except
6: that he just cost himself. What is brain warfare? <laughs> More than a million dollars.
4: Psychological is what I wanted to yeah,
6: say. Go. You like he that. literally just took a million and a million. I think 1.25 million is what he earns in two game checks, and he just set that on fire for being basically a child. And the Crabtree and Talib suspensions, I think, happened because if they weren't suspended, they were just gonna fight. Every time they ever play, in this scenario, like, what are you, you, exactly. like maybe it gets reduced down to one, but like at some point, it's like we get it, guys. You guys are just going to fight every time you play it. You kind of have to stop them from doing that, and it's incredibly, I guess you could say, selfish because the Raiders are terrible in terms of their receiver position, their yeah. third and fourth receivers. They're still in the playoff race, and they're losing Crabtree. Like that's a big loss. And, he, and he was Cooper not percent. he was not thinking about any of that.
4: You know when he was.
6: When in you have
2: fight. Marshawn Lynch as the most mature person in the situation, this is something that's completely out of hand.
4: <laughs> that's fair, and yeah, the the uh, my final thought on it is when they do face e- each other again, Crabtree's going to wear the necklace again.
2: He has He's to. He's going to with He's it. He's in this too time. deep
4: now. He's wearing- in way too deep.
2: <laughs> I would just nope. layer up. I would wear as many as possible.
4: Wearing the chain was like his "these colors don't run" moment. I would put like, more I tape. I mean, I would just down. do
5: layers and layers and layers yeah. of tape. I'm talking thick, but like packing he, tape over this. He really
6: name. had no choice. If anything, taping it on was was almost you're right, kind of caving into sleep because he wears a chain every game. It so was a half measure, That's but. his. That's his it tradition. That's his routine. Like, and if he was gonna, he was just about to do it. He's like, no, I can't wear it because it's Tlaib. It's like
4: you, you did I already lose. He the took, war. he took some of his agency. I wrote about that on the end around. Please check it out. Let's move on. Uh, Mike Tomlin. Oh, Mikey Tomlin. He is. You know, I like this because Mike Tomlin's. He's not giving you the typical coach speak. Uh, he feels that this upcoming massive, Titanic matchup that's coming in Week 15 between the Patriots and Steelers, uh, it will likely. You don't know what, what's going to happen, but it has a good chance of determining who has home field advantage uh, throughout the AFC playoffs and Tomlin was speaking with Tony Dungy. This is a good move by NBC because to get these guys to say anything, set them up with somebody that has a lot of history with. Yeah. Them. I think and Dungy started Tomlin's career. Oh yeah,
6: and yeah. Dungy not only that said don't before it started, he
5: said don't give me the coach speak answers. He there
4: was like, "Come
6: on, give on me the, the real I love answers it. Talk.
4: Dungy is
5: a broadcasting pro if there was one ever. <laughs>
4: I don't want to go that far, but you were also being sarcastic, so.
5: No, I think he's, and this was a step forward in Dungey's broadcasting career. Let's a little vanilla. Uh,
4: I think that's to be blunt about it. But in this case, nice job, Tony. Um, Here's what he said. Uh, Here's what Tomlin said. I'm going to embrace the elephant in the room. The game, uh, referring to that Week 15 tilt, is going to be fireworks, and it's probably going to be part one. That's going to be a big game. But probably if we're both doing what we're supposed to do, the second one is really going to be a big game. Then what happens in the first is going to set up the second one, which is going to determine the location of the second one. I've been saying this. I'm not not a genius or anything, but I've been saying this all year. All the Steelers' chances, going back to this training camp, was to get a better record than the Patriots or somehow have the head-to-head tiebreaker because I don't think they have a chance in Gillette in the last uh, in that playoff game, but we'll see.
6: And, and I love him saying all this to Tony Dungy, and it is a window into how different the Patriots and the Steelers organizations are. Because I don't even think Bill Belichick. Not only would he not say this, I I genuinely— He wouldn't do the interview to start with. Right, right. I genuinely—he does interviews with Tony Dungy. He just doesn't say anything. I don't think he honestly would see—would believe this. And maybe it's not a big deal, but maybe this is kind of the reason why— the, the Steelers go out on the road and they stink it up against bad teams. Because take on why? you take well, on the personality of your coach. He is saying basically, we're going to the AFC
5: Championship game. We should, you know, we're, like that's basically what he's saying. He's like, right. But after the interview, dungie yep. they said they made the same point. Why is why is why is he going on here, Mike Tomlin, and saying all this? This is too much. Why are you putting your team in this position? Dungy said, look at. The Patriots have been good for two decades. Right. When I was a coach at, we, with Indianapolis, I, I saw it the same way. There's no way that you don't see New England sitting down there. Sure. On, they're the one on the top of the mountain. Belichick doesn't have to look down the mountain at the Houston right. Texans and the Pittsburgh Steelers and all these teams.
6: He doesn't l- have to think I that I love
2: way. that he said this. I love that we finally got to hear like some yeah. honesty, and he was complete. He's but is it probably gonna be part
6: one? If I'm if I'm a Steelers fan, I don't know if it's probably gonna be part one. I think there's Well, it's part one. We don't know if there'll be a part two, and I'm that, not sure there that will be. Was, that was the part that that struck me. Was the part two part. Yeah. Now, this is just part one. The big game's gonna be the second one.
5: By the way, part two might end the way every other part two seems to end when the Steelers <laughs> played the Patriots. So let's calm down a little.
4: Uh finally, uh the Indianapolis Colts are having a tough season. They are On the outside, looking in, uh, in the playoff picture, a number of difficult losses uh, where they just... We just talked about on Sunday's show, Greg. You brought it up, how many near misses they've had. And they could really be in the playoffs if they closed out some games. But they haven't, so they're not really in the mix. And you add to the fact that Andrew Luck has missed the entire season. Tough year for Chuck Pagano, who probably won't survive this. Um, Good chance he is one of the coaches that goes on Black Monday. Which, by the way, Black Monday is on New Year's Day this year.
5: Is that Great. It? Perfect. Mm-hmm. For anyone strapped to a news desk, that will be a celebration.
4: I mean, we're all kind of aged out of, like, wild New Year's Eve shenanigans, but the NFL is making sure we're buttoned up this year. It's like, we'll do 16 games on Christmas Eve uh-huh. and your cute little podcast that will take you later into the night. And then the next morning, get up, because it's Black Monday, b- well, the only
5: thing that might help us a little because I I feel like the whole concept that all of this, oh, it's 10 a.m. on Monday. Let's start firing everyone. We hear about 80 percent of these moves beforehand now.
1: Yeah,
6: it, or after it, it comes out. It comes out throughout the week. You're right. Although I think it's been it's been a long time. I mean, New Year's. I feel like New Year's Day is always an NFL day, or it has been for, Feels for like
4: many it. years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Chuck Pagano has had a tough season, and he's at his Monday presser. He seemed loose. He seemed almost a guy that maybe was resigned to his fate and was just shooting from the cuff. Somebody's saying, or if the
6: you're hip.
5: shooting, you're, it's from the hip.
4: That's you're where just, the gun is the cuff coming thing? From.
6: Off, the yeah, we, yeah,
2: it's
5: off the hip. Yeah, the gun isn't so
6: very necessarily related right
4: to the cuff. It's coming off the hip, where the holster is. Shooting from the hip.
6: There you go. You keep shoot your guns in your cup. cuffs. But
4: if you're shooting from the hip, that means you just, like, you don't care.
6: Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of like off this. Off the cuff is more like imagine, what I was trying to say. Yeah, swing. you know, you're just doing it from it, down there. You're just
4: buzz- kind of like, bam, mm-hmm. boom.
2: <laughs> that's what that's how doing? I shoot. <laughs> wow. All
4: right. Anyway, here's Pagano. <laughs> Here is what I call a monologue from Pagano. Some people might say it's a meltdown. I don't think that's fair. Here's Chuck Pagano's monologue about um, when asked by a reporter if he's concerned that all these losses will lead to some type of mental blockade for his team.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that song we played, you know, woke up to that this morning. Is that Sonny and Cher? Huh?
6: <laughs> I got you, Groundhog Day. Asked about, was this Groundhog Day? I got Hog you, babe.
3: Right. right Yeah. Went down, got my coffee, said hello to the what's-her-name, the little gal in the coffee shop.
4: It's a little Stole gal. Stole the money
3: out of the back of the truck, drove my truck off the, you know, into the tar pit or whatever, oh off the God. landfill. <laughs> no. Jumped off a building, lived through it. Did you see the movie? Did you ever see the movie, Groundhog Day? been a long time. What do you guys do? You spend so much time on Twitter, you're not enjoying the better things in life. <laughs> It's a great
6: movie. Bill Murray, yeah.
2: yeah. come on! Doing the better on. things like jumping off buildings. I
3: jumped off the roof at my home this morning. I would like I him still to recap like it. it's, it's, any type not, of it's movie. That was a great <laughs> summary of the movie Groundhog Day. He did an excellent no, job. No, it's it's everybody. You guys.
2: He's still going too. It's the
3: fans. I mean, it's everybody it's it's driving up there. It's everybody in the NFL community. Okay. I hope he's There's okay. There's a storm in the Atlantic. That he's fine. Here's hurricane. He just hurricane, doesn't care anymore. Whatever you want to call it. Here comes the storm. Winds are this gonna is gonna where he lost me a little bit.
2: This is kind of like Hurricane Pagano in general. You know, it's coming. It's
3: yeah. Third quarter, middle of the third. It's getting late third. They're up 10. <laughs> got to happen sometime. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy right now.
6: Okay, so the hurricane yeah. is them blowing leads. Hmm.
3: Yes.
2: Okay. Got so it. I follow.
3: It is. And, and what, what's got to happen is, you know, being <laughs> going, in Miami Chuck. for six years when them storms start coming Africa. off. Africa. The coast of Africa, and then they're coming <laughs> to the Atlantic, no. and they start coming Africa up. What reference. happens is you get, if you get a nor'easter, right, you get a storm up top. So now he's at the Miami d- weather, weather pattern. Before?
4: Right. Everybody has a buddy that's huh? way more who's into weather. Who's done weather, weather before? People. That's yeah. that was my Remember, favorite. Yeah.
3: <laughs> who's the best dude down there doing weather or Dudette? Huh? Oh dudette. <laughs> yeah. So when yeah. it when it comes when down, he talking that, about the that storm pressure bands, hits that's right and pushes the storm where?
4: Nobody knows. Back out to sea,
3: right, and it goes up the coast. And there's very little damage. Those rings that spins this way, and those bands up top are the
4: bands,
3: most the egregious bands. Up bands. Up They're far enough the out where no. Most egregious bands. Did. So, when when that when this starts to happen, film your tail off. I love it. Um,
4: <laughs> what?
3: You gotta, you gotta respond.
4: What? You know? and when that I like you trying to
3: bring we, it back. We need, a, we need a storm to blow in and push that, so it doesn't hit land. I feel like I've So been, now he wants we,
4: the we're storm. gonna
5: do
3: it. I've been, been, been there. Up, the storm's
5: coming, not, but crash. they need to push back. I don't know.
4: Mark, you had a stern face wow. throughout that press conference. I, what are your thoughts? Two
5: words, sleep deprivation. But I, I come out of it, I, it is funny, but I, fi- I feel a little concerned for the guy. Like if I were at one of his children, I would be right on the phone to dad asking, are you okay? Because it's like something was not right about that. We've, we've watched a thousand press conferences from him. And I just think that we're going to find out that something's not all right mm. there. Agree to disagree. I, 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 know, I, I know no one agrees with me. I guess. Yeah,
2: No, I, I actually agree with you. Uh, I do.
5: It all bit like at the beginning he's he's
6: recapping Groundhog Day. It's a bit. I mean, that no one really got the bit in the room, I don't think. Maybe a couple of the, the older guys did. You know, that was a bit there was nothing weird about it. It just didn't totally land. Once he got into the, the weather thing, I didn't I wasn't sure like
5: where that was going in terms of his overall. It was point. like a nervous public speaker though, completely <laughs> yeah. spinning out of control, but he's spoken in public seven thousand times. So I just he sees, I, I am baffled by the performance.
6: The reporters really
2: manic.
5: The reporters who know him well and are around him every day.
6: Actually, believe he's having fun in the last two or three weeks. He's having fun. He's ki- yeah, that he's kind of he knows where he is. He's gonna get fired, and that he's basically doesn't care anymore. That he he's just like he, he's Dennis Miller at the end of the Dennis he's Miller. He's being show. who he is. Like that is Chuck Pagano. He's a
4: little loopy. All right, dude and dudettes. let's uh, let's move on.
2: Good job, Chuck.
4: Have some fun out there, Chuck. That's good.
2: The storm bands. Storm Anybody plans. out there do weather?
4: <laughs> I like the assumption that uh, the sports reporters <laughs> in the room have a weather background. Uh, sure. <laughs> right. If you cover anything, you cover everything. Uh, all right. That's what's happening in the news. All right. Now it's time. Oh, yeah. We teased it. Oh, one last thing of news before we, we move on. Greg, you owe some sandwiches because Darrell Rivas signed with the Chiefs. So we didn't get a chance to talk about that mm, last uh-oh. week.
2: Uh-oh. Uh right. But
4: – it was a bit of a instant karma scenario because you threw some shade at me, some skyscraper shade on Twitter that I was gonna be making some sandwiches. And Terrell Reeves got a job. And he got a even though it's a we got we got banged on the Connor Orr multi-year contract sandwich wager he made that we all took him on, because it's not a real multi-year deal. Good job by Connor. Yeah. Who who kinda
6: he had, roped us in with that. Yeah, that's one as well. It was karmic payback. Mark randomly threw it threw a tweet out there. Very randomly. That Darrell Revis was just walking <laughs> along a river. Like, what is he doing? No, I just said it? that
5: he's he, with $6 million in his pocket. He's sort of floating along the Hudson River, doing whatever he wants. Not <laughs> any, No need to work. And nor right. did I would think he would ever have been signed this year based then, on the whole contract. And, and then I responded. You responded. I
6: responded yeah. saying, yeah, he maybe he's going to pick up some of those sandwiches. And the next day. He, who's he? Pronoun. Darrell, Darrell Pro Revis down. is going to pick up those yeah. sandwiches for me. Uh, and uh, the very next day, He gets signed. So that (laughs) hurts me. I mean, it doesn't hurt as much um, as it hurts the Jets to be paying him $5.5 million to play against them this
4: week. But it hurts. Yeah, like the Jets care. They actually made out on this.
6: Uh, Oh, yeah. They they made like $300,000. They made out great. They gave him one of the worst contracts in the last 10 years. He can hang out with Brock
4: Osweiler and talk about found money. Here we go. You know, you lose a sandwich bet and then you try to turn around into Jets flaming. Yeah. It's huh. a pretty right. good tactic. Good job. Let <laughs> it go. Uh, I'll enjoy your sandwich. Let's now move on to Oh yeah. Hot takes destroyed. It's
2: really <laughs> that's disturbing. I find like, that enjoyable.
6: Really I feel like that guy's in the a same, lot. in the same room as uh the hot butt guy.
4: That was actually Chuck together. that was Chuck Pagano in the shower. <laughs> This morning. That just made you (laughs) giggle. You (laughs) thought of that. Um, All right. Anyway, hot takes destroyed. What we're going to do is what's some popular um, thoughts, logic out there in the football cognacenti? And we're going to really destroy those hot takes. And we're going to start with you, Greg Rosenthal. Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah, we're going to mix it up here, keep you on your toes. Um, what hot take would you like to destroy as we head down the home stretch of the 2017 regular season?
6: The hot take I want to destroy is the Russell Wilson for MVP bandwagon that is starting up. Hmm. The, hey, like I know you guys are really into, you know, Tom Brady and Carson Wentz, but uh, Russell Wilson – to me, is more valuable than to his team than anyone else. Like he is carrying, he needs to be in the conversation. First of all, you don't you don't need to have a conversation. You only vote for one player. You don't vote for five players. In the conversation is nonsense. When you have two players that are far and away the best two players in the league, you don't need to have a conversation. You don't need to come up with like another cute sort of like, hey, bet you Ouch. didn't think of this. It's Russell Wilson, like he's really doing it this year. Like, this is how we end up with Derrick Rose for MVP over LeBron James wow. in the middle it? of his prime. Woo. This is how we end up with, I don't know, Crash as the best Oscar winner. Like you don't e I like to, that movie. You don't need to come up with like a clever <laughs> reason. And the whole reasoning here with Russell Wilson is like, who's more important to his team than Russ than that's the old Wilson. thing. Who's yeah. more valuable? Who is more valuable to his team? I'll tell you. T- Tom Brady's more valuable. <laughs> like, of course, of course, Tom Brady's more valuable. Him and Cousins are having two of the best seasons any quarterbacks had in the last ten or twelve years. Like, Russell Wilson's season is not even in the ballpark of that. Russell Wilson has had two or three games. He's having a great year. He's number three, I think, in the league. So it's not, you know, destroying Russell Wilson. The other two guys have been great week. After week, after week, people are like, well, you know, he doesn't have an offensive line. Like, he's not being helped. Like, Exactly. Okay. Or a running game. Or a running game. That's absolutely true. He is
2: the offense. He
6: is. He does have a defense, and he does have a very good – Kind of.
2: I mean, he, like, that secondary – He has
6: a very solid defense over the course of the season, and they're fine. He does have uh, a good wide receiver group. How about make your offensive line better? Like, people say, like, okay, like – you have to make your teammates better. You don't think Tom Brady they tried has made Ted Harris and Nate Solder and all those guys better because of what he does as a quarterback? Like, he makes them better. He makes Danny Amendola better. He makes Chris Hogan better. Russell Wilson makes his receivers better too, but that's a great group of receivers. Look at the receivers when they leave Seattle. Golden Tate, Jermaine Kearse. Like, those are good players. Russell Wilson's
5: incredible. But I don't think there's any way you could look at on a week-to-week basis he's anywhere in the same ball. I'll give Greg, this. It's not a straw, man. A week ago, the NFL's Twitter account tweeted out Russell Wilson equals MVP with some chit-chat. And your boy, Evan Silva, days ago tweeted the same thing. That's his MVP vote. So it's not a straw, man. I'll give you that. Yeah, Yeah. I've I've seen it a lot. Uh, I
6: mean, the
2: amount of scrimmage yards that he's – 82.5% 82.5% of scrimmage yards on Seattle's offense that is what he is accounted for that's the that's highest amount yeah, of yeah he doesn't have a running era. game
6: that he doesn't have a running game he does game.
2: it all
4: but that's what that is and it is kind of a tired cliche of a conversation like all right but who's the most valuable and i that from that standpoint if all right let's best case scenario for the Seahawks they win out and go 11 and 5 and wilson plays out of his mind it ends up With 36 touchdowns and 700 yards rushing and eight uh, touchdowns on the ground, that type of like monster uh, uh, multi-head monster season, like, yeah, I think he could be in the conversation. But he's he's going up
6: against maybe the greatest quarterback of all time, probably having his best season or one of his best seasons. That's the whole point: is Wentz and Brady are having. Unbelievably transcendent seasons that I think if you if we watch them week after week and Brady maybe doesn't get the love because he's Tom Brady and you're used to it like this is better than he's ever been and yes he's carrying them but he a lot of those sacks are on Russell Wilson their offense is constructed in a way where the point of it is for him to just run around and kind of make things up as they go like they don't really run
5: a normal offense. I so that's don't
6: you've been that's nitpicking
4: great. on Russell Wilson last. I mean
6: Russell
5: Uh-oh. Wilson is a total no, magician, so I I can see why some people feel this way. Another another option would be to be less attached to these postseason awards, which feel a little frivolous to begin with.
6: That's fair. It's a hot take. Maybe it has been nitpicking, and it shouldn't be about going against Russell Wilson because I think he's the third best player in the league, the third best quarterback. Like he's having an incredible season. It's just recognizing that the other—he's two the third are, best, and it's not cr- crazy that I th- a big chunk of people would see him as the end. I, I think it is because the other two are so far and away having much better seasons. It's not just that yeah, their teams are better; it's that they're better on a week-to-week basis.
4: All right, uh, Connie, you're up next.
2: All right, great job destroying that. By the way, I think that that was oh that totally was destroyed. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there we go.
4: Chuck, take it easy, man. Take, <laughs> oh my take God. a vacation. Go live in the sea.
2: Yes, live in the sea? Yeah, like
4: on an island, not right. in the water.
2: That's
5: the happy Chuck that the reporters are talking about right there. Gotcha. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. My hot take I'm taking down right now. You know, I've been hearing. Well,
4: no, you're not taking it down.
2: Well, the destroy- destroying. I'm destroying it. Yeah. Okay, the hot take that I am destroying right now yeah. is that, Eagles head coach Doug Peterson is too much of a bro. Mm. I say he's just the right amount of bro. Okay? Like, you might have the wine and cheese crowd, the coastal elites out there who's (laughs) saying, oh, no, like you and your visor and your flip-flops. Hello. What you're doing right now, it's too much. Coastal elites. Love it. But real Americans like me know that it's just right. And I don't know if you guys heard the press conference yesterday from yeah. I'm uh, in the
4: dark right now, and I'm happy. I'm Eagles head excited. coach
2: Doug Peterson. But let's let's take a listen in case you missed it.
0: Jeffrey said at the beginning of the year that a young quarterback, when he starts his first year, he, you know, learns what he learns. His second year, he makes a, a few more steps. But his third year and fourth year is when he kind of explodes. Have we seen maybe a premature explosion, or is there still an explosion? <laughs> um. <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> <A
4: refrain. coughs> all right, uh, let's regroup ah. here. Let's
5: regroup. We um. <laughs> weird day for press conferences.
4: <laughs>
2: Premature explosion. Wait, wait, but he lost. He lost it again. Yeah, he, he couldn't another, get it together. It takes
6: another twenty seconds.
2: This is my favorite part about Doug Peterson: the fact that he did what all of us would have done if we the, were asked that question. Yeah. Marcus Hayes asked that. A premature explosion?
6: Right. My hi- my hot take is, you know, this is on Marcus Hayes. <laughs> I mean, how can you say that phrase? Shout out to Marcus Hayes. I love it. I mean, I feel like... Belichick's not going to laugh, but I, it would be in Marvin Lewis isn't going to laugh. There's a lot of people that wouldn't, but that's a tough one to handle.
2: Doug Peterson that was, that was special. could not get it together mm. after that question. It was a like solid
6: a- 45 seconds of
4: just, like, silence and him laughing. And the entire
2: even- press room just broke out in laughter.
4: All right, so now just deconstructing, uh, yeah. deconstructing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Is there some type of opinion out there that – he was too much of a bro there.
2: Too much of a bro. That that was part of it, and that you know he need he needs to be more of a professional, and he shouldn't be laughing at who things having like that. This you you say but, that. There are a lot of people, many people out there, are saying this, <laughs> and I and I am saying that they are wrong. I you feel know, like
5: Sean McVay is a little bro-y, and that's working out for is. the Rams. And with bro-y. Peterson, you spent half his career hanging out in a quarterback room with Brett Favre. I mean, he's a hunting buddy. He's a hunting buddy. Not Brett to be Favre.
4: like a. Washington Post reporter or anything, but I'm just going to dig a little deeper in the story. Let's do it. These people, are are there any specific people you could mention that maybe said Doug Peterson too much of a bro. I... John
0: Ronald Gonzalez born March 12, 1977 <laughs> is an American sports writer who's married to NFL media broadcaster. Oh, okay. Wolf, John, who's a Pisces, resides in Los Angeles with his wife and two dogs. John, is a fan. John
2: specifically said that this was a conversation at the ringer yesterday that Doug Peterson was too much of a bro. Ah. Uh, uh, so I'm
6: destroying it. There Results. you go. Now it's destroyed. Yeah. Results. You're... Sorry, ringer.
4: <laughs> All right, I'll go next. Good job, Connie. Yeah. Took that one down.
2: Totally. You took down the whole Ringer office, too. <laughs> Eat it, Ringer. This is going to be great.
4: Um, Okay. Uh,
2: I will... Uh,
4: I am going to destroy the hot take that the Chiefs are done, that the Chiefs season is over.
2: And, and I get it. Wow.
4: <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> that's, that's the Chiefs right there.
4: <laughs> that's how it feels if you are a Chiefs fan right now. Like, you are burning to death. But... The fact of the matter is the Chiefs are never as good as they were week one through five. And they're not as bad as they have been from whatever it is, week seven to week 12 or whatever it's been like. So I believe there will be a little course correction here. I think a lot of people, there's a a sense now, a lot of people, the ringers talking about it, I'm sure. Um, There's a sense that the Chiefs now are in a free fall and that certainly could happen. But when I really take a step back, do you want to? Just be a slave to what's happening in the moment? Or do you want to realize how these seasons go up and down like a roller coaster? And I think the the head coach, who I trust, Andy Reid, to see them out of this, the quarterback, now do I think Patrick Mahomes maybe, maybe could help this team at this point, a shot in the arm? Yes, but also the West take that Alex Smith is having a great season on balance and to stick with him, that is probably the more prudent move right now. And let the veteran quarterback and the veteran coach – and those good skill makers, and Kareem Hunt to come out of his slum, it's certainly more possible to me that they get things straightened out and win 10 or 11 games rather than they end up going 6-10. Oh, yeah. So I am flaming that hot take that it's time to take the Chiefs out of consideration and not even to think about that. I'm not saying they're at the, the Patriots level or the Steelers level, but to to now say, oh but yeah, put everybody in there. Put the Ravens in there. Put the Bengals in there. Put the Chargers in there. Everybody calm down. The Chiefs aren't dead. Even I, I'm with dead you right because,
5: now. A, they're winning the div- a, a bad division. They're a, a game up. And Chargers they, are
2: coming up quick, though. They
5: are. But if, they don't, if you don't win the division, it, one of these teams, you're probably probably not going to be a wild card team. Who knows, though? But Kansas City, if you want to pick a team that is showing you that they can get out of a slump and, as you said, course correct, they'd be them. The definition of over,
4: it's not. How far and, they're going to go this season, if, I if don't. Bring up the Chargers. A perfect example. Yes. I get it. Everyone loves the Chargers now, and they've been playing very well on both sides of the ball the last few weeks, but let's not now pencil them in to right. surge into January I'm, when the Chiefs are still in the picture. Or
5: use a pencil, I'm not a pen. I'm penciling them in. I'm
6: very, un- <laughs> oh. as, a, as a longtime Chargers uh, homer on this podcast, really, that I've been wrong a million times about, like, I'm uncomfortable with the idea that now, like, they're the favorites, like, they're the expected team. Like, what could go wrong with a five and six Chargers team that's a game behind trying to get into the playoffs? <laughs> right, Yeah. Hey, like, it just lock it up. And, and by Chargers the way, win. <laughs> the Chiefs don't play a team with a winning record the rest of the season. Well, what
2: the heck is that? So they at, to least, them?
6: they like, at least have a chance to beat bad teams like the Jets or the Broncos and, and win a couple, at Jets, a couple of those games
4: home against Raiders, home against Chargers, huge matchup, matchup in week 15. Home against Dolphins and then at Broncos, so that is a nice be, schedule. They
2: couldn't do anything against right. the Giants and or the Bills. If they, they right. stay right.
4: at this right. level, right. they're going to be lucky to win one more game. I'm just saying, I yeah. think I I'm more confident that they they find a way out of this funk.
2: I think
5: people okay. want them to be over with the way they're playing right now right. more than most people believe that. But I couldn't agree well, more right. with your it's take because
6: the char- the playoffs would be f- more fun with char- Chargers.
5: Right. like we got
6: to flex the Ravens out of the playoffs too. I feel like Please. that's but that's the next movement. Hashtag flex Ravens. Gonna get one gotta, of these. One of these. Yeah, things. I guess you're gonna be stuck with them. I'm
2: not buying the the Ravens at all.
6: Did
4: did that take get destroyed? I it's think so. Done. I, think you, I think you wiped yeah. it out. Goodbye. Let's do it's it. out. It's Officially. destroyed. Mark. All right. Close us out. Destroy a take
5: now. How about this over? You see this everywhere on Twitter. Chuck. <laughs> People think the NFL Hanging is up. free. People think the NFL is free of witchcraft. I see this everywhere on Twitter. <laughs> this hot take is going down right now. Nonsense. I'm here, here to tell you that a 20-plus year Dark Magic curse has draped itself over the National
4: Football League. <laughs> Wait, one sec, Mark is reading from a script. Whenever Mark's reading from a script, gonna something's going to go down. Well, especially so when it's two pages. <laughs>
5: That's highlighted. Right. highlighted. Let's try to get through it, people. Everyone get comfortable. <laughs> right. Let's try to get through it. One that, all right, I'm gonna have to go back here. Well, I have to tell you that there is a 20 plus year dark magic curse that has draped itself over the NFL, one that has brought a magical streak of happiness to Patriots fans who have come to believe they deserve it. An endless, insane heartbreak to Browns fans. Dan Hansis came closest to the truth by suggesting that Cleveland's football complex in Berea is built above an Indian burial Definitely ground. is. But it goes much deeper. I am preparing to release a 220-page report on this, but some basic bulleted, bulleted details. One January 1st, 1995, Bill Belichick's Browns beat Bill Parcells' Patriots 20 to 13 in the AFC Wild card game. Remember that fact. Cleveland enters next season I- viewed as the AFC favorite for the Super Bowl, but nine months later, Browns owner Art Modell announces the move to Baltimore. An annoyed Bill Belichick is summarily dismissed as Browns coach and immediately joins Bill Parcells' in New England as assistant head coach of the Patriots. In 1996, the Browns no longer exist as a football team, spinning only in darkness. Months later, Parcells and Belichick go on to the Super Bowl 31 with the Patriots. Fast forward three seasons to 1999. The Browns return to the NFL to begin a run of failure unlike any suffered by any team in NFL history. Following that season, months later in the year 2000, Bill Belichick is named head coach of the Patriots. Months later, Belichick quietly drafts Tom Brady, a college backup. They win a Super Bowl one year later. Meanwhile, the Browns are already onto their second head coach and pondering a quarterback switch. This hexed, inverse relationship between Cleveland and New England is only strengthened in 2002. Cleveland's only sad playoff appearance since their wild card win over the Patriots in 1995 comes, yes, in 2002, the year the Patriots surprisingly missed the playoffs. It is New England's overtime loss to the Dolphins in Week 17 that directly helps propel the Browns into the postseason. Since then, the Patriots have used one coach and one starting quarterback to author the greatest run in football history. Since then, the Browns have been the dictionary definition of the opposite, the yin and the yang, the dark and the light, shuffling through 75 head coaches (laughs) and 196 quarterbacks. One inexplicable blip on the radar came when Eric Mangini, the man who came closest to revealing the evil secrets behind the Patriots' dark empire, took over as Cleveland's coach. In 2010, Manginius authored one of the weirdest NFL results over the past decade, a 34-14 Browns romp over Brady and the Patriots. This unusual victory came on November 7th. Fifteen years earlier, the Browns move was announced 24 hours previous on November 6th. The hex was nearly broken, but the the Patriots and Belichick held strong. One final paradigm shift recently revealed itself. Cleveland's pursuit of Jimmy Garoppolo nearly came to fruition this past offseason when Jimmy G announced farewell to New England with a late-night Instagram post. The curse held strong, though, as the post was quickly and mysteriously erased. Jimmy G claiming that hackers posted it, and the trade didn't happen. Not until Belichick intentionally prevented Garoppolo from going to its inverse identity, (gasps) Cleveland, New England's polar opposite, instead shipping the prized quarterback to San Francisco. Hope you've enjoyed it, Patriots fans. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm.
2: Whoa. Watching your faces during that was really... That's really just great. the beginning of it. It goes yeah. deeper than that?
4: Oh, yeah. What? All right. What when is. When is this
2: report being. So, wait,
6: there, there was witchcraft, but then sometimes the Browns win over the Patriots. How is that related to the, the witchcraft? They came
5: close. They, there have been struggles to reverse this witchcraft. And <laughs> where Mangini. Was the, where was the proof of the witchcraft? Though? Mangini who knew about who understands how New England operates behind the scene and came very close to bringing that whole thing down became Cleveland's head coach and up against New England had a chance to reverse it all Romeo destroys Cornell, New England Romeo Cornell was always on the outside little too happy go lucky and New England loses that game to Cleveland what do they do they rip off 10 straight wins to end the season or
4: something like that so the hot take Whoa. destroyed is that the NFL is free of witchcraft yes and it is not well, there you go.
2: I mean, I, I guess I,
4: that I, was destroyed.
2: I have no counter argument. Are they that. talking
4: about that at the ringer, too? <laughs> we it. should bug the ringer Maybe. office. <laughs> you should. know how they they like went, <laughs> in Watergate. Didn't they, they bug? Yes. Yeah. Or, or Nixon used to bug the White House. He also they, had his phone calls recorded, yeah. which w- w- they that was broke his into undoing the
2: Watergate building. I, I don't even know
4: why we would need to bug the ringer's office. Yeah, let's do strange. it. Do Maybe that's yeah. where the
2: witchcraft is coming from.
5: Uh the Ringer is how, how many years old? 4, 5? It's
2: pretty new. Several,
5: a couple of years old. So, no, I think that's 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 newer. This is Could this, just be it's this new. It dates hope. back to the the witchcraft of the mid 90s, mm. which I don't approve of.
1: But you know mm. who works or the movie? On The Ringer is Michael Lombardi. Yes. Oh, oh.
4: there's oh. a connection got a tie there. A Mark,
1: connection. There you have thoughts on go Lombardi. connect the dots.
5: <laughs> he was a former Browns employee such as was your dad, Lindsay.
2: The, I used to I'm work still, with Mike Lombardi in I'm Philly. I'm still struggling to see
5: where the kernels of
6: the
2: Greg as a Patriots crack.
5: fan, I understand yeah, why you are <laughs> going to be the stronghold of doubt and <laughs> refusing to believe anything beyond the facts here. Mm. So you're beyond- basically
2: taking down Greg well, in this. As always. No, the, not at
5: all. I think the I think the Patriots the fans the Patriots <laughs> fans simply believe this oh it's like we've how many times have we cited Belichick's genius on the show already before my statement. Five six today. It's all assumed that it's Belichick and everything's perfect. But for 2002, it just sort of stopped for a minute for some reason. There's attempts to reverse it. <laughs> yeah, attempts I mean. to reverse it. Things almost become undone and then they get spin back it's if mysterious. it's not strong enough. So
4: there you go. Four for four. Hot takes debunked. <laughs> Done. Maybe destroyed. Yeah. Very powerful. Very powerful. Very painful. <laughs> For the people that held held those hot takes close to their heart because they no longer exist. All right, real quick, Thursday night football preview. Um, oh, oh, guess what it is. What? It's the shoulders of greatness. No. Oh. Presented by Head and Shoulders, Thursday night football, the Cowboys at Redskins. Mark, I want to call this a loser goes home match, but we just did that with the Cowboys and Chargers last Thursday. So is this just a loser match? Where Shoulders of
5: mediocrity. Oof. I mean, it's, it's, I, I think the one thing that we'd probably agree on is that I wish the Redskins were in the AFC because I think they could get a playoff spot. They're still fun to watch, in my opinion. The Cowboys, they've really statistically and just, you know, in terms of the eye test, have spun completely out of control since Ezekiel Elliott left the building. And they had Tyron Smith last back last week. It didn't really make much of a difference in terms of their passing game, their offensive production, and any chance to think that they're going to go on some sort of a streak to save their season, in my book.
2: Yeah, I mean, we saw in that game Zach Martin go down, too, on the offensive line. We knew that they were... Sort of struggling already, but he's practicing now, so that's good. We know uh, I don't think Sean Lee is going to play in this game, but on the defensive side of things. Um, but Anthony Hitchens is expected to practice a little bit. I mean, their defense is so banged up right now, so if they don't have Hitchens out there either, they, that could be a major problem. They've
6: been part them. of the problem. Teams are spending, keeping the Cowboys defense on the field a long time, kind of yeah. using the Cowboys' approach how they use to beat teams where they're just loading up on long drives, time of possession. That's exactly what the Redskins do well. And the Redskins defense have been playing better lately. Junior Gallette is playing really well the last three or four weeks in the pass rush. And you have him, you have Kerrigan, you have a, a really good cornerback group. And it's not a good matchup for Dak Prescott and Des Bryant, who are struggling to get anything done. Mm-hmm.
4: This is They're both five and six, both teams. So they're not... Technically, out of it.
6: I think the Red, the Redskins. It would be kind of crazy if they won six straight to go to the playoffs. Right. But crazier things have happened, they including in Washington. I mean, you could,
4: you could win out and still miss the playoffs at ten and six in the N- NFC. But you certainly can't lose again. So from that through that prism, this game still has some meaning, and it's going to be a desperation affair on both sides. So I think there could be some juice in this game and I am interested to see now that the Dak Prescott has really eaten some humble pie for a few weeks how he reacts in this game and I think we I think it's going to be a good game. Yeah. I got a good feeling about this Thursday night. I think game.
2: Samaje Ryan I mean he's coming off a big game and I think it was back to back 100 yard game yep. he had and he'll be able to run Sammy, P. One, Sammy P. Sammy P. P. I think
6: this is a big five weeks for Des Bryant. I think Des Bryant's a huge part of the problem in Dallas. He's not coming up down with those 50-50 balls. He's getting paid like a superstar. I think something like... 15, I think it's a big five weeks 15, for Jason Garrett. $15-16 or something this year, and I think he's due 13 I I think... I think Des has hurt their team. Like I think they might have been a better team literally if Des Bryant wasn't on the team. And I think they have to think about that going into next year. And I think how he finishes off this well, season is gonna have a big impact.
4: Yes, and Des hurting the team. It's also the Cowboys failing to develop another receiver to let him maybe slide into a more maybe a number two role if that's where he's at in his career now. They just don't have they don't have big guy another big guy on the outside to kind of slide into that role. Maybe I mean, he could go. I think, Mark, you're making a good point. I think Jason Garrett. Yeah. They need to finish the season out. Yeah. Well, especially with all the they're players. Kind of there.
2: Frustrated with the lack of coaching, like with the lack of scheme changes and adjustments too. That's a big deal.
4: Oh, pick the game. I'm going Skins. I'm going Redskins. I can't pick the Cowboys the way they look right now. Got to go
5: skin. Redskins. Although I think Dallas because they they practiced on Sunday. I think they're trying to make this a different type of week. Twenty-seven, uh, twenty-four, Washington. <laughs>
6: Woo. They they are they, both these teams are in the rare Thursday Thursday back to back
5: so they're in that oh, strange yeah. sort of like their whole, their whole life. Well, and so Cousins is weird. one in nine now on weekdays in his career and just won a game on Thursday and now plays on Thursday again. How many quarterbacks get off an 0 and 9 weekday schneid by winning two straight Thursday games? I don't think that's ever happened in NFL I think, history. Is this I, witchcraft? I think there's
6: probably never been an 0 and 9 weekday schneid, schneid, schneid? schneid. that's ever been broken
5: either. That's you're very right, random. You're right, that. Connie Fox. That is more NFL witchcraft. Yeah. Uh, That is... I'm convinced now.
4: That is some (laughs) shoulders of greatness. Sort of greatness. Presented by Head and Shoulders. All right, before we go, um, yes. Mark, I'm going to throw it to you because, of course, uh, last month you found an abandoned kitten in your yard named Boo. Boo. Boo did not make it. Mm. Uh, But Mom kept the old irresponsible mom hag that she is. Kept showing up and birthed more cats. Well, okay. So let's start there, and I'll throw it to well, they, those, you. Yeah,
2: they were, part they were probably part order. of
5: the same Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you're if you're if you're on the video show, you can see know. one of them. No, no, cats more.
2: Is this one the one that's this is not this is a new pack? couple more. Oh my yeah. god! I, how cute. Yeah.
5: So three cats um, we found in a little alleyway, fenced in part behind our house. And the mother, I think that the way the cats work, feral cats, is that <laughs> the mom will abandon one that's just simply not. Fit to live, and I think the boo was in that category. That's what we were told oh, by a oh, shelter. So the mom has come back and, d- and fed these, and these cats are getting stronger by the day. And uh, we still have to find a way to get them to safety beyond our home. Uh, they're but adorable. but it, but in terms of you're boo, allergic, or else you I'm deathly allergic, like that's it's the become thing. I woke an issue up- in the house, yes. It's like it's not our house is not a rescue. Are they in the house? What's no, the but they're like they're little kitty dander or whatever is floating in through windows and like i woke up Jesus. with like my left eye shut
2: well you have two eyes yeah that's
5: that's what simone said so here's the thing though your sons and your wife are not like
4: very supportive colton literally
5: issue. asked if we could trade daddy for the for boo when boo is still alive which i you know i tried not to that's take offense to uh but i will say this because boo passed away and before we found the cats our producer Lindsay had a great idea and uh Lindsay, why don't i let you talk about it
1: so we thought that we would take a, a sad situation and turn it into a little bit more of a positive one. So we started a, a GoFundMe campaign, and it's actually, if you go to GoFundMe.com ATNcat, Nice and easy to remember. Uh, you could donate to that, and all of the uh, funds from that will go to the Karma Rescue. They found us a cat to sponsor, and his name is Jerry. Jerry!
5: That's If you're on the video show again, that's a picture of Jerry. That's the cat we are sponsoring. It's a solid cat.
4: Yeah, and we can Very, put that nice out looking on cat. social
1: media, too. So Is
2: Jerry drooling?
1: No, I think that's bit. his fangs. He's, he's rabid. He's got, oh, like, an yes. overbite with oh, fangs. Oh, yeah, no! A, yeah.
4: He's not rabid, for the record. That was a joke. So what, a perfectly healthy
5: GoFundMe.com. Cat. Slash ATN Do it! Cat. Don't yeah, it. and we'll tweet this out as well. But um, yeah, we'd like to help them out, and maybe they could help us take these three cats in my yard too.
4: Yeah, that would be good because you're you know life, it really depends give and take, on take baby gotta go. All right, I thought, thought we you were almost staying. did it. We made it. I know it's late third. It. No, don't letting, let her go. Already All right, it. that's it. We made it. That's it for Tuesday show. Uh, yes, this is the video show. Uh, so just a reminder that uh, this evening. Um, if you go to NFL.com slash ATN video, beginning at 6 p.m. Pacific, which is 9 p.m. Eastern, which is go figure it out uh, overseas. <laughs> uh, you could check out this show and uh, all the fun that we had today. Also, a reminder that NFL Pick'em on NFL Network airs on Saturdays at 8 a.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Eastern, and 11 p.m. Eastern, and then Sunday morning, right before Uh, Colleen's game day morning uh, show, uh, 6 a.m. Eastern. So that's the show. Thank you, everyone, for um, following along. This is Dan Hanza signing off for A Quiet Storm. Connie Fox, the old boss, Lindsay Fulton, and Christian Anderson behind the glass. Thanks for the help, as always. Till Thursday.
1: Visit LiveNation.com slash concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club.
0: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel.